Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You cannot eat a hot dog while we're doing a podcast. Do you know how gross it is to hear someone eat a hot dog? First of all, it's not a hot dog. It's a kolache. It's a hot dog wrapped in, um, like, bread. It's so... Do you hear it? That's what it's like every day when we eat dinner together. I know, but this is... This okay, is like, let me have a sip of Coke. And why are you drinking high-test Coke? That's full... That's full... Full I'm mix. not pregnant anymore. Mm, welcome back to Couples Therapy with Candace and Casey. And sugar. Okay, so we've been gone for about a month and a half because we had a baby. Um, Candace had a baby. I was just sort of sitting there watching. And I think... It's good to be back, but I'd like to start today's episode talking about probably the biggest thing that happened in our lives since we left. Do you want to tell them or should I tell them? We had a second child. No, no, no. That's not it. Come oh. on. Nobody cares about that. What is it? It's this thing about the car. You decided... Oh, yeah. well, I decided that I'd like a Tesla. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it rains inside the car when for you open up you, a Falcon wing, for, literally rains. For those of you just joining Couples Therapy with Candace and Casey, uh, a few months ago, I decided that it would be a great idea for us to get a new car in the form of a Tesla. And Candace objected vehemently and has tortured me, tortured me ever since buying the Tesla because it's not what she wanted and she hates me and she wants to divorce because I got an electric car and she doesn't like electric cars and she can't believe I bought it and why did you buy it just relentlessly and then we're having this talk and she's like I you know I at some point in time I need my own car and I'm like okay cool do you still want to get that Toyota let's look at them she's like, yeah, it's too big I was like cool let's get a little sedan she's like no that's too like small and then she mumbles these words. <laughs> she goes, I just I don't really want to have to put gas in the car anymore. <laughs> I was like, what did you say? <laughs> I just, it's like nice. I'm not putting gas in the car. I don't put gas in the car anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said. It's, it's true. It's kind of like, that's ki- that and the captain's seats are the only things that I like about that car. So I'd like to congratulate you, Elon Musk, a hard convert over here, hard. Yeah, but why does it rain in the car when okay, you open look, the Falcon door? There are some shortcomings. It's a young car company making, you know, they make affordable vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're not affordable. But they make great vehicles that run on batteries like your cell phone. It's fine. I'm going to, it's the car that I'm going to get. This is. But I like how you're like, okay, but you're not getting the performance no, model. No, because I get that one. We can't have two of those. You, Mine has to be better you than totally yours. You totally pushed me out of my commuting situation in Manhattan. Yeah, she's not allowed to drive mine anymore. Not allowed to drive it. And yet I'm the one that lived with a car in New York City since 2005. Let me just restate that for the audience. Candace had a car, has had a car in the city for the last 14 years. I don't think we need a car. Cars are kind of dumb in the city. And she's had a car. And then in the form of a somewhat hostile takeover, I decided that her she should get rid of her car that she loved and get a Tesla, which she, well, she never really agreed to it. The Tesla just kind of got invited and then I sold the other car. Got delivered, then I sold the other car. And then I decided that I didn't want her driving the Tesla anymore. 
She kept scratching up the rims and then saying, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. No, I know. It probably happened when it rained out. The rain probably put a four-inch <laughs> gash in the aluminum tires. <laughs> it's just New York and garages yeah, and stuff. But York. you didn't, like, who buys that car? You remember we would laugh at people with Lamborghinis in the city? Like, why would you drive such an expensive no, car No, I didn't in a get a Lamborghini. I got a Tesla. Same price difference. So it. Soon, at some point in time in our eventual future, we're going to have two Teslas. One that doesn't get driven. I just polish it with, a, with a, the inside of Georgie's diaper once a week to keep it shiny. And then another car that Candace drives that's the same car but not as nice. <laughs> now you want to talk about the kid or whatever? I don't know. What is there to talk about? She's a newborn. She cries sometimes. It's, it's hard poops. to... Yeah, it's like whenever parents are like, oh, I'm so in love with her, I love being a parent, newborn... <laughs> They're full of shit. They look the same. First of all, all newborns look the same. No, ours is especially cute. This time, they all look the same. They all look the same. Like little raisins with two eyes. Yeah. But, yeah, newborns are not... Newborns are... You got to keep them alive. You got to keep them fed. And then you got to try to figure out how to burp them. And then you have to change their diapers. That's pretty much the spectrum, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We've started giving Georgie baths. Wait. You, okay, so you know I don't breastfeed, and then oh, I had to put cabbage, cabbage in my your, boobs. It's boobs. like this old remedy that t- that dries up your boobs. So we were when we were at the Chinese restaurant last night. I don't know if you noticed, when but Franny. there were let- lettuce wraps on the table. Franny picked up a piece of lettuce and she goes, "Here, mom, put it in your boobs." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, she but- is really funny. Well, you know, Franny's like this tiny interactive human that lives with us, and Georgie, the newborn, is still. It's, you just want them to give you something. Like when she farts and accidentally smiles, you're like, yeah, she smiled at me. <laughs> but you just want, you want just a little bit more from a newborn. You don't get it. Mm-mm, doesn't play with us. The closest thing she does is when she goes to scratch her own eyes out with her razor sharp fingernails, you get to block it. <laughs> That's a fun little game. But it's going well. Yeah. We right? had a very busy household for the last month. Kenneth's mother moved in with us, ish. Ish, down the street. Then my sister came, brother-in-law, with her husband and baby, which who Franny beat up a lot. I know that girl's so mean. She can be so aggressive. She's like, "You can't come in my room. I want privacy." Slam. <laughs> James cries because what she is just she doing there by herself? She just sits know. behind the door thinking, "Yeah, got him. I won." <laughs> But I've become like a little bit of an uh, a like recluse since having the baby. I know that you're supposed to rest, but I don't even. You're like, why don't you come travel with me? I don't know. I don't even want to go out to dinner. It's definitely like you, right before we had the baby. I feel like we were super active. Like you were too active. You should have stayed home more and rested more before you had your baby. And then right after you have a baby, we're like, we'll t- we'll take a week or whatever. We just stay home and watch the newborn. And then it's like a month later and I still catch myself like watching Netflix documentaries about Vietnam at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. I haven't done anything in the last month. I can say that I've been on paternity leave taking care of my newborn. Not even true. She sleeps 21 hours a day. Just mostly watching Netflix. I think I have to go back to work now because I'm out. I'm out. I've finished Netflix. You know that thing where uh, country western singers, like, they seek conflict in their lives, so they have more to sing about? Yeah. 
Well, yesterday this guy came up to me at this like cell phone launch event and he was awesome. He didn't want a selfie or anything. He's just like psyched to meet me. And then he like grabbed me and looked deep into my soul and was like, I'm newly married. I need you to get couples therapy back on. Aww. And it affected me. And I was like, that's part of the reason why I was like, we got to do this today. But things have kind of been going pretty good since we had that kid. Between you and me? Yeah. Yeah, why? Well, I, I don't know. There's like something for us to talk about. Like, we well, just, you've been really nice. You're like always complimenting yeah, me and saying I'm good mom and you're so proud of me for everything. You do a good job. Yeah. I don't know. But in any event, I was just, you know, like the country western singer in me thinks maybe we should get in a fight or something. To maybe have should, something to sing about? Yeah, like maybe I should call one of my ex-girlfriends or like... Like, hmm. maybe I should, like, leave a uh, hair tie on the couch or something. Hmm. I think it's good content. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? You call yours, I'll call <laughs> mine. <laughs> you can invite him over yeah. to meet the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's no, it's really one, cool. Let's do it all in one night. It's this new thing we're trying out. <laughs> but it was nice. It was like, he meant it. I mean, people do ask where we... What happened to us? Where are we? But um, I thought it was pretty clear you had a baby. Or why haven't we? Okay, here's, I don't know. here's how it went down. Ken had a C-section. It was scheduled for 8 a.m. We had to be at the hotel, airport. Hospital. Hospital at 6 a.m. This is the biggest, scariest day in Candace's life and mine too. And everything was perfect for the first 12 minutes of the day. <laughs> I was so upset at you for waking up for Annie. We haven't talked about this yet. What are you talking about? The morning you had the baby. Oh, yeah, why? I was so, I'm still angry at you about why? that. Why? Okay, let me just explain. Tell me if I'm being wrong. You're being wrong. No, I haven't told you yet. <laughs> okay, Candace's mother slept over so she could watch the baby as we snuck out to go make another baby. And Franny was sound asleep. And you didn't, couldn't just like kiss her on the head and say goodbye. You woke her up. And she knew we were going to have a baby. So she knew that she was going to wake up and we weren't going to be there. And she was bummed out about it. And then you woke her up which, and said goodbye. But she couldn't come with us. And all I saw was this little baby, Franny, so scared about what's going to happen to her mom and where are you going. And then you just said bye and walked out. And it felt totally unnecessary to me. Like you could have just let her sleep and she wouldn't have had all that fear and concern and trepidation and then your mother had to get her to fall back asleep at 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning and so angry at you. Well, I was looked at her and I thought, what if I die on the operating table? Hold on, don't interrupt. Uh, I, I was just getting ready to interrupt you. I hadn't actually. What if I die on the operating table and I don't get to look into my child's eyes one more time? Well, that's fair, but she felt that energy, and she's hysterical. Well, at least my mom could be like, she said goodbye to you. But you you didn't die, you sinister, morbid. But we didn't know that. I could have had a hemorrhage. We didn't know that. People die in childbirth all the time. I'm still mad at you. She was so upset. Uh, Do you think she even remembers? Well, I I don't, I don't, like, that's not a good excuse. Because I don't remember all the... 
bullshit my mom put me through when I was three years old. But I can tell you what, in aggregate, that shit stacks up. Oh, my God. I don't know why you are taking it so personally. I was so upset. Well, get over it. Okay. Then Candace went to the elevator first, which is down the hallway from our apartment. And I remember collecting myself being like, okay, I literally, if there's ever a day where I can't pick a fight with her, it's on our way to the hospital to have it. I was upset. I'm just trying to move the story along here, honey. Okay. Then we took it. An Uber. I treated us to an Uber XL, which is a little bit of a splurge. <laughs> a little splurge, but I thought she'd get in or out of it eas- more easily. And then we went to the hotel, airport, hospital, went to the hospital, which everybody was really nice. Mm-hmm. And then we had a doula, and she was there, and she was like doing her hippie, nice stuff to make Candace feel comfortable. And then your parents came, and then... Candace went in and I remember they like bring you down this hallway and there's like operating rooms on one side and doors on the and chair and doors on the other side and then outside those doors on the far side away from the op- operating room rooms the doctor was like okay you or the nurse was like Casey you sit here and there was like a line of, yeah, of dads there were, there were other dads sitting outside the room while their wives were being operated on and I just remember like my first instinct was to make a joke to the dad sitting next to me to lighten, <laughs> to lighten the energy. And for some reason, I bit my lip. I, like, I had a joke to say, and then I bit my lip, and I didn't because it, I guess it common sense kicked in, and I realized how wildly inappropriate and what must be going through that poor bastard's mind because about eight seconds later, that hit me. Mm-hmm. And then they invite me in, and it's like a shit show in there. Wires, like it was... It was like, this is like a great hospital. They have like best reputation. They did an unbelievable job. Everybody was wonderful. And this is probably just the norm. There's like cables everywhere. You got to step over. I had to carry my own. I remember they're like, do you mind carrying that chair in for yourself? And I like <laughs> lug in a folding chair. And then it's just like tarps everywhere and cables <laughs> everywhere. What are those things called? Tarps. No, like basically sheets, curtains. Sheets, curtains, and then like anesthesiologist just hovering over you with the anesthesiologist assistant hovering over her, me sitting next to you. And everybody just kept asking, do you want to see? Do you want to see? And it's like, God, no. Like, no, I don't want to see what you look like on the inside. Like, that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Everything was horrible. Mm-hmm. And then Candace was listening to fucking Dave Matthews. <laughs> look, if we're at home alone on a Saturday night and everything's perfect, I'm mad when you put on Dave Matthews Band. The fact that it was playing then, and it's like, this poor child's going to be brought into this earth hearing <laughs> Dave Matthews Band? What kind of a human are you creating? The anesthesiologist was super psyched about it. Uh, yeah. She was also wearing Adidas Simbas, Sambas, <laughs> which was super cool. And then it took a long time. And Candace was a total trooper. It did? I feel like it was a second. No, it was many, many minutes. And I think the scariest thing was like Candace started moving as if like you like lay down on the bed and put a blanket over you and then have somebody grab your feet and just sort of move you up and down, move you up, like shake your feet and your your torso moves. And it's like, what the fuck are they doing to her on the other <laughs> side of this curtain that her head is moving that much? <laughs> and I'm just imagining them just sawing you open and just mm-hmm. pulling out all your body parts, just reaching into your stomach, trying to feel a foot. Like, no, that's the liver. Put it over there. And they suctioned all the liquid It was just out. like... <laughs> it was just Fine. terrible. And then the doctor did one thing which I loved. Whether it was bullshit or not, I don't care. It's amazing and all doctors should do this. 
she was like, oh my God, I can see her. I can see her baby girl. And then she goes, oh, she's beautiful. She's the cutest baby. Okay, I know all babies look the same. And when they come out of a human, they're covered in all that goo, like covered in cake frosting, which <laughs> is just disgusting. <laughs> There's nothing cute or beautiful about that. But she said that, and I have to say it put both of us at ease. And then she held that floppy, gooey little thing over the curtain, and we got to see her. And then they did all this stuff to her, cleaned her up a little bit, and they flopped her on Candace. And that was sort of it, right, honey? That was it until the, sh- until, until the real pain started. Yeah. Yeah, that was But you handled fun. it this time really well. No? Oh, my God. It's like But you did a someone- good job. Cutting you open with a dull razor blade and pouring That's, salt in your... It's probably sharp. Every time you move. And then we were in the hospital for three days. We should have done four. Why? I was because ready to get out of there after two. It's so nice having uh, people why take care you? of you. There are two kinds of... My mother's the same way as you are. There's nothing nice about a hospital. It's like a prison. No. You can't rest. You can't do anything. There's beeps and noises everywhere. It's terrible. Except... Um, the room they had us in, which was, this is New York City, you know, there's a lot of people having babies. You typically have to split a room. We got very lucky. We got our own room. But it was the size of, like, not a college dorm room. It was, like, the size of a college double, right? No, it was the size of a college dorm single room. Okay, it was, like, a very large closet. <laughs> like, there was enough room around her twin size bed for you to walk around it, but not enough room for you to, like, it was small, very small room. And the minute they put us in that room, we sort of slammed the door, and I completely rearranged the place to maximize real estate. We were putting furniture in the hallway. <laughs> we put furniture into the shower, into the bathroom, and we made it really nice. It was like our nice little home for mm-hmm. a while. I was happy there. But I was thinking, like, the, the women who go through this, this is like... It's not just cutting your skin. It's cutting your skin, then cutting your stomach muscles a different way, then cutting the uterus a different way, then popping the sack, then pulling it out, then sewing everything back together. If a dude... Nope. End of the human race. I wouldn't do it. No way. I don't I'm think not that, having a baby. I nope. think that nope, you nope, would nope, have nope, to nope. stay in the hospital for two weeks. At least two weeks before and, they'd be and like, a month go after. Go get physical therapy. Come back to us once a week for I'd, the next six I'd months. I'd have to be put under. Nope. Women advance. are like, go home. We'll see you in, in eight weeks. Make sure way. everything's okay. It's way, like, take care of this baby while you're at it. Yeah. By the way, by the way, your boss isn't going to pay you while you're at home. <laughs> you don't have maternity leave at, at Billy? No. Billy Incorporated? I told them to hold my paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> hold my paychecks. Put my lunch bunny on hold. It is disgusting when you... I don't no, it's really painful is what it. it is. It's just that when you, that the idea of like a C-section, people throw that around all the time like it's a nothing. Like you it's, had a baby, oh yeah, you had a C-section, mm-hmm. like it's nothing. That is like insane. Insane. They cut a hole in you big enough, as Franny was sort of asking where the baby came from or how the baby came out, and I thought to myself like, okay, well if I tell her they cut a hole in mommy's tummy and pulled the baby out through the hole, that's going to give her nightmares. And then I was like, but if I tell her how babies are actually born, <laughs> that, would that is really way scarier. <laughs> There's something almost logical about just, mm, simple, just saw open a hole, reach in, pull the kid out. There's nothing logical about how a natural birth works. That you just can is say just, vagina. No way. That is a, <laughs> that's one of my uncomfortable words. 
I'm not okay talking about that sort of thing. You're so funny how uncomfortable you are. You're so... Is that a New England thing? What, like the conservative stuff about... Well, who were we talking about this morning that you don't show your wiener ever? Oh, we were talking about... <laughs> oh, Spencer Tunick's photo shoot at there's your... A, there's this wonderful artist named... I'm going to do a video about it, but named Spencer Tunick. spelled just like it sounds if you want to look him up. And he does these beautiful, dramatic, um, huge public art installations. And what they involve is taking hundreds and sometimes thousands of people completely nude and having them pose. For example, he did one, I think, in the 90s in Times Square in New York City where he had like five or 600 people completely naked, all sort of standing in the same body posture in Times Square. And it's just, it's a really dramatic thing to see. And he's a wonderful photographer and, and celebrated all over the world for his, his work. And we know him. And he wanted to do like, a, like a, some sort of commentary on cell phones or something like that. And he wanted to shoot it in my studio. And I was like, of course, like what an honor to be part of like his art, like that just huge deal. But then he was like, are you going to come by? And I was like, oh no. And I was like, of course, like I love this guy. He's amazing. I want to support him in every way I can. But there are two things in this world that I really get uncomfortable around. I don't like being around people, (laughs) full stop. Don't like being around people at all. Like I'm only comfortable around Candace and our house I'm like a couple employees at work, totally okay with that. But like events, public events, I try to seem like I'm normal. I'm not. I'm freaking out on the inside. I'm a total introvert in that capacity. Right? Yeah. Like Candace pointed out the last time we went down to Houston before her parents moved for a Jewish holiday. Her family gets together and it's like 30 people for a Jewish holiday. Been doing it for 10 years, probably three or four holidays a year. So we're talking about 30 or 40 of these events. I do the same thing at every single one. I sit in the corner and hide until halfway through dinner, wherein I completely panic and run out the door, get in an Uber and go home. Hmm. Like I don't do well around people. And then the other thing that makes me extraordinarily uncomfortable is nudity in any capacity. I don't want to see Candace nude. You look great naked. I don't want to see Candace naked. I don't, I don't want to see, I'm not, if I could shower with clothes on, I would. The human body is an absolutely disgusting, just stinking filthy, like it looks like you look like a sh- human body is like a shaved monkey, like a pink, gross. It's just I dis- don't even know what your penis looks like. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not comfortable around nudity in any capacity. Wait, but that's not an exaggeration. Like you come out of the shower and you cover yourself with Yeah, yeah, towel. I'm just not. And it's the just, next thing you do is gross. you like grab your underwear and you cover yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's you just, put on the underwear and you cover just, yourself. Like, there's no reason ever to be nude. It's just <laughs> disgusting. Humans are just disgusting, vile creatures. So I come to the studio on Sunday morning, and there are 100 naked (laughs) human beings in my space. Even if they were clothed, I would not have been comfortable. Even if there were one nude person, I would not have been comfortable. Combine those two, and it was just like terror, absolute terror. You know what I don't like, though? Okay, that's fine. That's your, like, thing or your Are you going to say something mean about me? No, but... I grew up naked, naked on the beach, naked in the house. Like the kids were always naked. You should be ashamed of yourself. No. And you won't let Franny run around naked. Like you like make her put underwear on. It's gross. She's a child and she's going to grow up shy and ashamed of her body. Like why can't she run around naked in her own house? Well, I don't ever make her feel bad about it. It's just after like two seconds and after those two times she pooped on the couch. 
I mean, that was like years it ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was months ago. She pooped. Human poop. <laughs> a human poop on our couch. I think you're exaggerating. And she still pees in our bed. No, I just human. mean like when she comes out the, the bath no, and she's that's running okay. around. I'm fine with that. Oh, no, you're not. You stop her and you're like, come here, let me put some underwear on you. Well, I don't want her to poop anywhere. It's like a little <laughs> puppy. She had exploded any second. Mm, no. And then where were we? Oh, it was in the hospital. When I had a total meltdown in front of your parents, I felt bad. Candace's parents are these strong, like iron-willed, like do not fuck with us South African types. And they, we, I get along with them swimmingly. But when I have my... <laughs> And I have my they get scared of you. They're like, I have my meltdowns in front of them. They're like, Candace, does he do that often? I'm like, it's fine. He's only tearing a TV out of the wall once, one time. But we're in, and he felt really bad about it. We're in the um, hospital room, and it's like the room's small. There are nurses everywhere. Everybody wanted McDonald's. It was a thousand degrees out. I walked like ten blocks in the heat, in New York City, to get McDonald's for everybody. I get back to the room. I'm, like, covered in that gross city sweat. There's no showering. You're in a hospital. I'm a guest. It's just disgusting. I'm, like, setting up all this fried food so we can, like, all stand around a bed and eat, which is just disgusting anyways. And then, like, the nurse squad comes in just as I set up the food. And they're poking at Candace. I'm setting up French fries. Francine's screaming her fucking head off. <sighs> Your parents are yapping. Your dad's on the phone screaming at the top of his lungs <sighs> trying to figure out what the internet password is <laughs> just so he can watch Fox News on his cell phone. <laughs> like It was just absolute chaos and madness. And then Francine's screaming. And I hear you say, yeah, it's okay, sweetheart. And she starts tearing off all of her clothes. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, I told her it's okay that she can be naked. And we're in a public hospital. We were in a private room. It was disgusting in there. Why would she possibly need to be naked? It was. But why would she, she just had a new sister born to rock her entire world? She wanted to take her clothes off and run around the room naked. Why does that matter? Of all the things to just, care about, it was just. Anyway, it, you was, and I don't see eye to eye on that. that so when you're out of town, she runs around naked all the time. You do too, and you're not cautious enough around our windows. If anybody wants to see what my wife looks like naked, just stand outside our apartment anytime between <laughs> between 11.45 a.m. when she rolls out of bed. I'm recovering. <laughs> and 4.30 p.m. when she goes back to bed. <laughs> yeah. I don't like being clothed. Yeah, I know. Do you remember that time when we first started dating? You lived on the second floor of Great Jones Street. Mm-hmm. And there was a homeless man outside. I don't know that he was homeless, but there was that yes. per- there was a there was a man who was clearly inebriated outside, and he looked like a vagrant, not to be overly judgmental, but in New York City, that's a type. And he was being lewd outside, which was disturbing on myriad levels. Going back to me being uncomfortable around naked people, extraordinarily uncomfortable when they're both naked and being just disgusting. And what does Candace do to solve the problem? Takes off all of her clothes, goes stand in the window, and waves. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> to be idea. funny? I don't know. Oh, God, and not to I'm mention, so this is like stupid back that then. was like the second story of a tenement building. I know. What that means been... is like you're 20 feet away from the. Like you, she, he could have like thrown a rock at me. Yeah, and you could have caught it and said thanks. And he would have yeah. said, You're welcome. Check this out. By the way, I want to show you something else. It's not like it was in the safety of a high rise. <laughs> no, there's no protection. With a doorman yeah, and like. Nothing. He could have just come up. Oh, God, I was really dumb back then. 
I should be dead a hundred times over. So Candace is a mother of two now. <laughs> <laughs> two kids. Oh. You know, Francine is really indifferent towards the baby. Yeah, I keep saying she loves the idea of having a little sister. Like people are like, oh, do, are you excited to be a big sister? And she's like, yeah. And she like draws pictures for Georgie and stuff. But when you want, she like walks right by Georgie. She doesn't acknowledge her. She's, um, well, she had expectations that were, you know, as delusional as you'd expect from a three year old. Like she thought that the minute Georgie came out, they would play. And they would play, and that she'd yet to teach her to walk, and she wanted to teach her how to talk. And she was excited about that. And I just don't think she knows what to do with her. I have but, something funny to say about Franny. She was trying to be a baby cow yesterday. Do you know this? I heard it happening. I wasn't sure what it meant. So she told me I had to be the mommy cow and I had to get down on all fours and start crawling around. This is what it's like in our house all the time. This is why I'm uncomfortable when they're both naked. <laughs> and then she goes under my tummy and she's like, I'm the baby cow. I'm drinking. But like on my stomach, <laughs> I'm fully clothed and so is she. But she wants to pretend she's a baby cow and I'm the mommy cow and she's drinking from my udder. <laughs> yeah, this is a... That has nothing to do with... That's a Monday at the nice house sister, but There's yeah. like eight people in our house and that happened. <laughs> I'm a baby cow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she has these expectations from Georgie that I just don't think Georgie's delivering on. So I don't think that she's, I don't even think it's indifference. I think it's that she doesn't know what to do with her. She held her a few times. She's fed her. She's tried. I don't think she knows what she's supposed to do. And I'm reassured when she plays her little cousin, like she loves having mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, All right, so I'm trying something new on the podcast this week, which is instead of taking people's questions, which we got some very thoughtful feedback from someone saying, don't do that anymore, and they were right. What was the, what was the, what did she say, honey? She said, ask questions about yourself. No, but her reason why we shouldn't do it, I thought was very smart. What was it? People are listening to you. Right, and it was also, she pointed out correctly so that we're not super comfortable giving people advice. Like we're not, com- right. like we're not, like we didn't give c- concrete advice because we're both knuckleheads and people are asking really seriously, seriously heavy questions. Okay. Questions are coming in hot. First question. What's your favorite vlog? Nope. What's your dream job? Why would you ask that? Do you know what I do for a living? How's the baby? She's fine. How's the baby? He's fine. How's your baby? She's fine. Okay. Thank you everyone. That segment <laughs> <laughs> was wonderful. Truly deep and meaningful. All right. <sighs> Wow, people just, you probably won't answer this question, but how are you doing? Okay, nope. How was the experience of having your second child? Actually, how, what was major differences between Georgie and Franny? Ugh, major differences. Franny was just a... Franny was a disaster. No, Franny was perfect. It was the hot, the, I don't want to blame it on the hospital, but the Kenneth's birth experience from beginning to end. Why don't you stop hogging the conversation? This literally has to do with me, my body, and my children. But the you just said Franny's terrible. Somebody took that out of context. And Fran- it you and didn't over. even let me finish my sentence, which you was like going to say it and it felt Franny's was terrible. Her birth, like that, that's not even a, that's not. I was like, going to get into syntax it. Syntax of that statement. Let me like, turn off your microphone. No, no, don't Where do that. Okay, okay, go. Franny was a normal birth, labor, whatever, going to come through. Yeah, they understand. Mm-hmm. Then she got stuck, and for three hours, I tried to get her out. And she wouldn't come out. So they told me I had to have a C-section and I cried. Went to go out of the C-section. I could feel everything. Oh, God. They didn't believe me. They're like, can you feel that? I was like, yeah, I can fucking feel that. Okay. So then they, the they knocked me out. So that was general anesthe- anesthesia. 
I don't remember anything. I never saw her coming out. I didn't see her for like eight hours later. Like as if I wasn't even there, not present. It was very, very weird experience. And then someone hands me this child and I was like, how do I even know this is mine? And then with Georgie, it was much more, it was planned, it was scheduled, I was awake. I saw her right when she came out. They put her on my chest. I got to hold her. She was in the room with us. There's also something where it's like you learn what not to do, you know? After the first one? Yeah. Like, you, I think you go into a sort of rose-tinted classes where you just imagine everything being great. When you come out of it, you're like, here are all the stress points, and we address them ahead of time. Yeah. We, like, I literally made, sh- I hate when I say literally. I hate when you say it too. Literally 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> 1,000%. But we were very adamant and repeated ourselves over and over about all our concerns that happened with Francine and wanted to make sure they did not happen again. All right. Anatole asks the series, are you done? I mean, great story, honey. Jesus, you're a fucking dick. Go. (laughs) I'll slice you open. Let's go. See how you like it. How do you guys manage to keep... This is a question from Anatole. How do you guys manage to keep each other in mind while building your own companies? It seems hard not to lose each other during such a process, which is never ending. Oh, I need you very much in in like a lot of my decisions. It's just a sounding board, I think, for each of us, right? Wouldn't yeah, you say so? Y- yeah, I mean... It's not like you're going to take my advice or I have to take your advice, but sometimes you just need to talk about it with someone who's not actually part of the equation. And the reality is, too, like, there's a, we have a lot of distractions in our relationship that go beyond our professional lives. But speaking just about our professional lives, like, I talk at Candace about work, like, four hours a day. And of those four hours, I might be talking to Candace about work, like, ten minutes. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. You give me actually 10 minutes where you're actually listening the other four hours. You just don't tell me to stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Candace comes to me for work advice with some level of frequency wherein I give her my absolute undivided attention <laughs> and then give her the most hard-lined, aggressive, aggro man advice there is. Look, honey, call that motherfucker back and here's what you tell him. Mm-hmm. And, and then I go back <laughs> to my team and I'm like, Casey said... <laughs> Um, but I think, yeah, I I do think that if either of us had jobs, no, let me say it differently. I think the fact that both of us are entrepreneurs, even though, you know, Candace makes jewelry, I make videos, like we couldn't have different, um, but the fact that both of us are entrepreneurs means that we both face very similar struggles and there are a lot of parallels. And I, I actually think that even though it keeps us away from one another a lot, it's a, it is something that we share and bond over. You know, like actors date actors because they understand the world. Mm -hmm. We're like entrepreneurs who sort of don't know what we're doing and figure it out as we go. (laughs) An entrepreneur who knows what they're doing is not an entrepreneur. Ooh, boom. Bam. Box it up. Okay. How do you find... Everybody's asking the same question, which is how do we find time for our relationship because we both have busy lives. And You live together. Well, we live together. Yeah, because we don't really have much of a relationship. Outside of. <laughs> That's just what happens. You get married. You get into like yeah, your routine and you talk while one person's in the shower or like on the way out to get coffee and that's it. Yeah, don't make no misconceptions. There's no like Casey and Candace time. We're going on dates, singing songs, holding hands, <laughs> making out. It doesn't happen. This podcast is the most time we spend together one-on-one. 
which says a lot considering we haven't done a podcast in six weeks. And then beyond that, there's nothing, nothing. We don't even go on vacations anymore. No, never just the two of us. I invited you on one today. You said no. I know because I don't want to fly that far. Never. So there isn't, yeah, I wouldn't have any misconceptions. Like we have. I think this you could expand to like just being married in general. That's true. You know, there's that thing that happens when, well, they say that happens. There's like the blue period after you have your wedding because you expect it to be so amazing Mm -hmm. and you spend your year planning it and then you're fucking married. And then like you communicate via text and like you're lucky if you sit down for dinner together and sometimes during the day I can get you on the phone, usually not. Nah. And that's just it. You just become like a a team that dances around each other. Uh, honestly, the bigger concern is what's going to happen to our relationship when like, the kids grow up and move out. We have to actually like, hang out again. Well, that's when we're getting a divorce. Right, because then we can move on to phase two. Yes, but you have to get a vasectomy because I don't want you to have no, children No, I told you else. I want to have another family. Every that's 20 years, cool. <laughs> every 20 years, I want to have another family. This is, okay, let's keep moving forward. <laughs> um, when are you going to make an Instagram account for the kids? Why? Well, no. actually, somebody made an Instagram account for Billy Neistat. Did you see that? For Georgie Neistat. That's what I meant, for Georgie Neistat. And I had to shut that shit down. Yeah, but what are we, I'm not going to make a Georgie Neistat. No, but at least now it's ours, although I already lost the password, but. <laughs> Please, nobody try to hack it by saying I lost the password. I'm pretty sure it's locked. No, I um, we don't. We try like even with Franny. I don't. We don't put her on um, social media anymore. I don't see any. I don't see much good that can come from it. I mean, it's lovely to see pictures of beautiful kids, especially ones that you know, or even even remotely. But I think that the 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 risks far outweigh the benefits, right? Like, let your kid have a normal life. It must be difficult. Owen was always old enough to sort of say yes or no. When he was little, 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 he, was, he liked to make movies with daddy. And then he was older, he was always like, no, I don't want to, or yeah, let's do it. And then since he kind of went to college, I just feel like my relationship with him has changed so much. It's just, we just don't really do it anymore. But with... Fran, the problem with Franny that I'm nervous about is she already makes videos by herself <laughs> Tell her what she on says her at the iPad. end of every iPad video. How don't sh- forget to comment below <laughs> and don't forget to ascribe. Smash that red ascribe button. And it's like, oh my God. But I'm scared that she's going to come to us as soon as she realizes that like, she could post those things. It's not going to be good. And we're going to have to say no. Francine's one of those kids who's in a perpetual state of performing. Oh my God. To the point where no joke, like we're nervous about it. We're going we're gonna to be driving her to dance recitals, beauty pageants. <laughs> For like the next 10 years, she's just, she just doesn't stop. She's dance class four days a week. And she has Broadway stars. Uh, <laughs> she just doesn't. I'm a Broadway star. She just doesn't stop. Okay. Somebody asked us, what does the word consistency mean to you? And I can't tell if that is a sardonic jab because we are so wildly inconsistent with uploading this or if it means consistent <laughs> or sincere question about what is consistency in our relationship? Something, something, something. I don't have an answer for either of those questions. No, because we don't have a lot of consistency. Well, we do, just not what other people would consider consistent. Like we don't well, eat question, dinner at the, 7 o'clock every night. I don't cook every night. The only consistency actually comes from Franny because she has school and she comes home at a certain time. 
otherwise there's no consistency in our lives, Mm -hmm. right? And then I go to the psychiatrist once a week. That's kind of consistent. I thought you were doing twice a week. No, only I only need one. I've been doing really well. That postpartum depression, I've fought it tooth and nail. Um, do you ever think you'll get back to daily uploads? Matt, probably not. It was so easy doing daily when my whole life was simply making videos and having a little baby at home and Candace. And now... I did that and I got tired of that because I think, you know, I did it for 800 days in a row and it just felt I needed to move on. And then sort of in concert with me being tired of uploading every single day and getting just creatively exhausted, Francine's turned from a baby into a, I'm a Broadway turned into a Broadway star. star that needed more attention and I wanted to be more of a dad. So it's there's a confluence of factors that made it easy for me to be more effective and productive in the past when it came to production. And then there's a very, I think, sensible reason why now priorities family. And you stuff. know what? When we first started dating and you came to dinners with my friends, like Roy and Marcy and Crystal, this is kind of mean, but I would always be a little bit insecure about you talking about yourself. What's my favorite thing to talk about? I know. Honey? But then I realized, like, just in the last couple weeks, it's not that you're talking about yourself. It's just you're talking. What are you talking about? You talk a lot. There's a podcast. If we're just silent, it won't be that good. I know, but you talk a lot. Why? Well, I mean, I don't know how to play any instruments or anything. If we don't <laughs> talk, it's just not, it's just not, it'll just be nothing. You just talk a lot. It'd just, it'd just be you chewing on a hot dog into the microphone for 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, even at home, you're like, you're not listening to me, are you? I'm like, no. <laughs> Here's a great question from Gerard868. Expectations. How do you all manage? And what's that awesome quote about expectations? Expectations are resentments in the making. Yeah, that was like the biggest shift in our relationship was when I stopped expecting things from you, when you stopped expecting things. Not things, but even little things like behavior or answers. Like you didn't, you expect me to leave Francine sleeping. You shouldn't have had any expectations of that. You expect me to leave Francine? Totally. And, that, and you're upset because I didn't do what you wanted that's me to right. do. And that's a good example of like that idea. Ex- Shit, what did I, I just said it. Expectations are resentments in the making. Mm-hmm. To break that down, like what that means is if I, hold in my, if I hold in my heart or in my head all these expectations of Candace, professionally, personally, expect her to look a certain way, act a certain way. Or a script in your head about how conversations it, should go. Exactly. And you don't meet those individual expectations. You don't look that way. You don't say what I expect you to say. Then I resent you for that. Mm-hmm. So it's like expectations very quickly manifest as resentments. And once you resent someone, it's a, it's a, it's a very negative place to be. So. Do you remember at my 30th birthday, you surprised me at the party. You like came home early from Mexico or something and we were not dating. I have absolutely no recollection of what it was at my old loft. Okay. The old Finn jewelry loft and there were balloons everywhere. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Keep going. Anyway. You weren't expecting me? No, it was a complete surprise. We weren't dating? No, we had broken up. And that's why we were like texting and stuff, but you showed up as a surprise, which was amazing. But when I saw your face, I didn't act 
as excited as you wanted me to that? do. You left and didn't answer my text the whole night and left to hang out with your ex-girlfriend. No. But the point is, you had a script in your mind. You expected me to like run up and jump and hug you and be so excited. And my face was like, what are you doing here? I was a monster. You were so mean. Oh my gosh, were you mean back then? You were wicked too. You were awful. Yeah, I was just a woman. You were like a meanie. Yeah, but I was just so, I was also just a woman. (laughs) I was just a woman in my late 20s trying to find my path through this life. You know, trying to find the perfect guy. Can you believe you were 23 when I met you? And you just could not resist my charm. No, I couldn't. My long, curly, blonde hair. Remember how long my hair was <laughs> yes. there? Yes. Okay, do we hang up now? Do we end this or do we try to find one more? These questions are exhausting. Let's do one more. Okay, it's everybody asking the same question. People are mostly interested in how we juggle everything. And I, I, I interpret that as, as us doing a really bad job. I think we paint a picture that is totally inaccurate. I think people think that we have this like amazing romantic relationship. We do juggle a lot. I just think it's because we don't put pressure on ourselves with what we're juggling. Does that make sense? No, we don't put we don't put pressure on the relationship because we're busy juggling. We do put pressure on all the other things we're juggling. You've got pressure Maybe. on work and parenting and all that stuff. We just don't put pre- we don't let it bleed over to our relationship. Like when was the last time either of us said to to the other person like we haven't spent time together and so we've never said that. Yeah. Like, no, we just need some time together. I just want, we just need to, you and me, once. Ugh, I'm like, can you please leave me alone for one second? <laughs> uh, or I insisted your parents come with us on your birthday dinner. <laughs> and then I literally, this is not a joke. Candace had her birthday two weeks ago, a week after the baby was born. And we organized this big fancy birthday dinner. And last minute I invited Candace's parents, which she was just sort of like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. And then on our way to dinner, we ran into a friend of mine. <laughs> we ran into my friend Oscar. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? You want to come to dinner? Well, the thing is, I didn't even want to go to dinner. I was just like, I just want to like chill in my bed. Mm. Oh, that's a good time. I told you what they called me in college. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> my friend Rachel Birnbaum called me this. They call me bed rot. Because... <laughs> because- <laughs> I was just always in bed. If I wasn't in class or out partying, I was in my bed. Well, this one's kind of interesting. It's how do you get your significant other to go to therapy? That's really that hard. That's an impossible question. I mean, that's a testament to you because, first of all, you never believed in any sort of therapy or medicine that's or anything. That's not true. I oh, still no, don't believe in we... medicine. You don't? After living with me? Oh, I know. I just mean like I don't like taking pills. Oh, I don't know, no, what that, I don't know how to say that. There's a lot of people who, th- who think that like it's just a joke no, to take No, no. I totally believe in that. I believe in mental health and I believe in taking whatever medicine helps you in life. I, I think. think you came because we had that whole makeup, breakup, makeup, breakup. And you re- like we both know that we're never going to be with anybody else. So like we'll do everything in our power to make it work. And we were not communicating well at all. And it just seemed like, all right, you got to come with me or this is going to be over. Right? I don't think it was that, It was like an ultimatum. I think that we both reached a point of... Not an ultimatum that I gave you, but like more like right, an it understanding. Under, it was understood, yeah. It, I think that we both reached a place of frustration where we knew we couldn't resolve something on our own. And then I knew that I could just show up at your therapist's office and outsmart your therapist. I love how you say that. And manipulate her. You do not. Into taking my side. 
You do not. Telling you, having her, and then paying her to tell you that, that I'm great. That is not what happens. That's exactly what happens. Okay, this is a great question, but I'm answering it just because... This will be the last question just because I want to answer it. Do you spend more time thinking about... It's a little bit rhetorical. Okay. Do you spend more time thinking about the past, the present, or the future? The future. I spend more time thinking about the future. That's the answer. I am terrified of the future. Yeah. It, like, paralyzes me. That's interesting. You know, you want to talk about, like, one day let's move to California, one day let's move to California, and you're starting to talk about it more and more and more, and I can't listen to it because I don't want to be mean, but, like, it it makes my heart, like, squeeze. Right, because you see, after living with you for a decade, when I you see all the work. The future, you see... No, it's not just work. You see all of the like stress points, the tension mm-hmm. points, the, the the things that could go wrong, the bad stuff. Well, and I also have a very strong inability to decide. Right. So, and that that furthers it. I mean, every aspect of possibly moving to California is a decision that I would have to make, and I would I like shut down. So yeah, the future for me. What about you? I'm actually inviting you to speak right now. Okay, the present for me, like the day-to-day, and this isn't a joke, is a borderline crippling frustration. Like that's how I describe my days. Like I'm just, I wake up frustrated. I'm frustrated the entire day until I fall asleep at night. Maybe with a tiny window between like bath and bed where I'm playing with Franny and I'm happy. And in the morning when she wakes up. Other than that, just like a crippling frustration. I'm frustrated right now. There's somebody upstairs waiting for me. Somebody upstairs wants to meet with me. And there's a guy in town from out of town that I've been texting who says, when can I come by? And then I've got a phone call that's going to be long. I, don't, I want to speak to the person. I don't want to do a phone call. I don't want to spend an hour holding my phone in my head or with my stupid headphones. I want to have all this other stuff to do. I haven't finished editing my video, which means I'm not going to get it out today. I have to do it tonight. I'm not going to get it done tonight, which means I have to do it tomorrow. Then it screws up my whole state. Like, that's my day. Frustration. So when I look to the future, none of that frustration's there. So I think that's why I live in the future a lot, you know? That's why I talk about California. Because I have this idealistic, unrealistic expectation that the f- in the future my daily frustration is going to be gone. Okay, so I want to touch on that for one second. I didn't get to the past bit yet. I just want to talk about your future bit, about how you I- idealize things and yeah. you paint a pretty picture yeah. for every decision and everything. Mm-hmm. Like even like getting a, a Tesla, you're like, it's going to be so amazing, it's going to be great. Life. It took me a long time to get used to that. And oh, that's hard to be around? It is very hard to be around, so especially positive, as some... It is very positive, but it's hard to be around because I see so many challenges to every decision that, that has to do with the future. And, like, you have this idea of moving to California. You're, like, telling me how you're going to surf every day and you're going to go mountain biking every day and you're going to do this and that and this. And I'm panicking. I'm, like, how is that going to affect our lives together? And then I realize, like, you've always been that way. And you're not going to go surfing every day and you're not going to go mountain climbing every day, but you have this perfect vision of things in the future. I am going to go mountain climbing mm-hmm. But that's what I mean is like you don't, you're stressed out about the present. So you fantasize about the perfect future right. and I am fine in the present and I am terrified of mistakes in the future. I could take it even further. Like with my own career, when I think of business ideas, the reason why I do them is because I only see the positive. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let me start this huge company where my rent is $30,000 a month so I can have this big factory for YouTubers. Perfect idea. <laughs> and, and now I've got overhead, I've got employees, I've got like, 
it is a huge, it's great, but it's a huge stress out. Every, all of my business ideas, let me create a video every day. And all I see is the ideal, the positive, and then I do it. So I, and I think that's both a, something I'm really happy that I have and then something that is also a liability. I have to learn my, I've learned actually through the psychiatrist that I can't control you by telling you all the scary things that might happen if you do what you have to do. I have to let you figure it out on your own. And so, like, with the Tesla, I saw what was coming. Just as a small, stupid, like, um, example. Why did I bring everything back to the Tesla? (laughs) You're getting your own. I know. Whatever color you want. I'm just saying, like, I knew the Tesla was a bad idea, but I had to let you do it. And where are we now? We couldn't be happier, and you want your very own. No, I don't have a car to drive in the city. I know. That's because I don't want you scratching at the wheels anymore. Right. But what do you have to do now? Get another Tesla. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to either of us. No, we're not getting another Tesla. We're going to get a cheap car for me. <laughs> the reason why this is such a point of contention between the two of us is because my the future is my release. I look at it and all I see is upside. Mm-hmm. Like all my anxieties are going to be gone in the future because the future is perfect. And you see the future as pure anxiety. Mm-hmm. So as I'm fantasizing about my future and someday living on the West Coast and going mountain biking every day with Carlton, you just see stress of this idea of moving is impossible. We can't leave New York City. and We have a great apartment. You're not going to hang out with us and you're going to want to go mountain biking. This is awful. <laughs> and it's such a point of... Cont- and that is like the very literal definition of expectations. Expectations. How did that quote go? Our resentments in the making. Expectations make you eat kolaches. And then the past, I have what I would describe as debilitating nostalgia for the past. Mm-hmm. I'm so, like, whenever I close my eyes and think of the past, I get so sad. Mm-hmm. I get so upset. Video games, TV shows. I have this thing where it's like on YouTube, no, on Twitter, where it's like something from the, remember the 90s. And it's like tweets of like songs and pictures of like TLC standing under that waterfall. Don't go yeah, chasing. I know, I know. And it's just like, I start crying. So it makes you think of seventh grade. No, like dances where you like put your hands on her hips or on her shoulders and stand we'll three feet apart. never be that age no, again. No, ever. I know. Old. Old. All we have to look forward to now is... Getting older. Old. Ugh. Ugh. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Couples Therapy. I'd like to thank uh, Anchor for being patient and putting up with our nonsense. And Anchor is the company that produces this. Anchor also has an amazing, amazing, amazing app that's free that you download and it helps you make podcasts from home and distribute them and edit them. And they even have some new tools that help you monetize what you're doing. And they're, they want to be, and I think they could be, the YouTube of podcasts. Um, Anchor, awesome. Thumbs up, Anchor. This podcast is available everywhere, but if you get it on... Apple iTunes, Apple podcast, give us five stars because it helps us for some reason. I don't know. They just want me to say that. <laughs> and then comment. I think that helps us too. And uh, hashtag it. What's the hashtag? Hashtag couples therapy. I That's love, your thing. I don't I like that. I love reading I just them. don't like saying the word hashtag. Uh, pound, couple th- couples therapy. Nobody knows what pound means. Because we're old. Oh, I have a plug that I'd like to give. today. I'd like to thank today's actual sponsor, which is also not true, but I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Billy. Check out www.https for semicolon forward slash dot dot www.lovebillynyc. What is it? Lovebilly.com. Lovebilly.com, where Candace's company has. Wait, did you put up Fun any stuff? Did you put up any new products yet? 
Yeah, there's glitter shirts, and I think the candles are up. The candles are out? Mm-hmm. You think the audience is, you think they're going to be upset because they're too expensive? They're not too expensive. They're like hand poured. No, they're. Brooklyn. I know, but they're hyper premium. But I think if people are like more like the Yankee Candle, six bucks, then yours, they shouldn't buy my candle because mine's all natural. Is expensive. Mine's got like oil squeezed by fairies. That's not even true. No, it's not true. But it's a really pretty candle, and that's it's, that. It smells nice. You know, I don't like when people are like, "Oh, it's too expensive." Like, you go try and make a fucking candle and tell me how much okay, it costs. Okay, okay, with the profanities here. Okay, let me finish this. Collection. No, no, no. Wait till I'm about to. Oh God, we can hear you. But it's so good. Uh, we will see you next week on couples therapy.